1: Hello and welcome everyone to the RotoViz Draft Series brought to you by Bet Online. I am Travis May. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And I'm joined by Neil Dutton. You can find him on Twitter at ndutton Dutton13. We are excited to kick off the wide receiver talk here. Uh, We've already covered some other positions, but we're going to dive into some wide receivers because that looks like the position to get excited about in this year's draft. It looks like the depth is just kind of crazy. So it's going to be hard. We're going to be kind of hard pressed to actually talk about just 10 of these guys. We'll give you guys a a few other names that uh, we're interested in as well. But if you've been following along already, Typically, what we do here in the Rotovis draft series is we take a look at the Rookie Scouting Index, takes a look at some of the top rankings and mock draft sources all over, and combines these players and gives them a score, essentially, of of where they should be selected in the NFL Draft. And uh, we basically take a look at where these players should be taken in rookie drafts and uh, what their outlook looks like overall. But we just use these um, basically the top 10 that we're going to go down that should be drafted in this order. Uh, and this is just obviously no, there's nothing perfect to this process, but this is the next best thing that we can do in offering where we believe these take, players will be taken in the NFL draft and where these players might be taken. In your dynasty rookie drafts. So, without further ado, I'm, I'm going to have to introduce my my man here, Neil Dutton. How you doing today?
0: I'm very, very well. Excited to to talk about this position group. I mean, because I, I mean, my my sources tell me, and you might want to keep this quiet, that this is quite a deep class.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think I've heard a a little bit of the same. A little bit of the same there for sure.
0: Just absolutely everyone saying it.
1: Yeah, so we're we're really pumped to just dive in, and w- without further ado, let's do that. We're just going to kick it off with the guy that's uh, been the name a lot of people have been ta- really excited about for a few years now, and that's uh, Jerry Judy of Alabama. I I feel like he he should have won every award, <laughs> and and in some people's minds he's he's won every award, but you know Bletnikov finalist, Bletnikov winner. You know, he just it looks like he's the real deal uh, coming into the draft. And a lot of people have him as their wide receiver one and have so for quite some time. But, Neil, where are you at with Jerry Judy?
0: I've not seen a great deal of him. I don't watch a great deal of college football. I just go by the opinions of people who actually watch it and have a clue. But from <laughs> what you know, people have told me, he's obviously been a part of a ridiculously productive Alabama offense. Some people have said that he wasn't actually the best receiver on Alabama. Um, which obviously you know leads me to you know a little bit of pr- little bit of worry regarding him moving forward. But obviously he's been ridiculously productive. He's been ridiculous. Riduc- making up new words here. He's been ridiculously <laughs> efficient. Obviously you know it's as I said, at the moment in the road scouting Index he is the wide receiver one. But it's very very close between him and CD Lamb. But Jerry Judy obviously um, he went you know to the pro uh, to the pro day. I'm having a nightmare here. The combine. <laughs> He didn't blow the doors off anyone he had a good 40 yard dash good for decent you know measurables elsewhere he's a good size good height and weight if you actually look though and you know using the rotavis combine explorer you know one of the tools we use there the comps to him aren't great i mean there's a close-ish comp with stefan diggs there's one with kenny stills you know steve breston denarius Moore. I mean these are not names you know that make me jump up and think I've got to have this man ridiculously early in the draft and ridiculously early in rookie drafts but on the flip side if you go to the route of his uh, box score scout and I've given him you know the draft pick 10 uh, just for comparison Then the comparisons start to look a little bit more favourable. I mean, the the closest comparison is Nelson Aguilar, which as an Eagles (laughs) fan, believe me, no one needs that stink on them. But then you've got Odell Beckham, Jeremy Macklin, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, and then a bit further down, Calvin Ridley. So I think you know what you're going to get from Alabama wide receivers. You know, they're going to be good players. And it just seems that his name has been, as you said, consistently atop this list going back to the start of the season.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's just been up there, even as a recruit, dating back to uh, him coming into – uh, college we kind of knew that this trio of wide receivers were going to be really impressive in fact there was actually four at least four star or better receivers in the same class going to Alabama back in the day the guy who just missed the cut over and over and didn't actually pan out was Tyrell Shavers but Devonte Smith Henry Ruggs which we'll get to here shortly and Jerry Judy were supposed to be the guys coming in and obviously freshman year Jerry Judy uh, he had to give all the targets to Calvin Ridley who was the the only real stud veteran in in the wide receiver group and so he didn't have the early breakout age that we typically like to see here at rotoviz he didn't have uh, the perfect market share numbers even when he finished his career i mean uh, one of the tools that we use here at rotoviz is the adjusted production index and he i mean just take takes a look at the adjusted dominator adjusted yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt and he he didn't even ever really hit 30 percent dominator ever but his yards per team pass attempt numbers which actually have been proven to be more sticky and more predictive in terms of future NFL production were impressive. Uh, they were they're were about to half of a standard deviation above what we see as average uh, for NFL wide receivers that are drafted. So Jerry Judy does, does check out it from a yards per team pass attempt standpoint, and that's that's where his efficiency comes. Uh, that's because he basically uh, creates separation on any and every, every route and his he basically looks like he's going to break his knees every time he jukes because he has such ridiculous agility. Obviously, they didn't show up as much at the combine. Uh, some of the agility drills were a bit questionable this year uh, just due to the timing in which they were taken. Uh, it turns out it doesn't help wide receivers to do agility drills at midnight. Uh, but Jerry Judy looks like he checks a lot of the boxes except for maybe his final uh, outlook as, as, as dominator rating. But he's going to have the capital. He's he's going to have the opportunity just on namesake alone. So really excited to see where he lands I uh, hope he does go early. And you, you said that draft picks a lot of 10. That's definitely not out of the question. Uh, even if he drops at 15 or 20, he's still going to have a lot of good comps uh, if you plug him into the road of his box score scout, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, definitely a name to get excited about. Well, let's move on to the other one uh, that uh, a lot of people are excited about. Basically, th- these top two here, Jerry Judy and then C.D. Lamb of Oklahoma seem to be the consensus top two for most people. Obviously, some people want to throw in a couple other names that we'll get to, of course, here shortly. But really, seems those two for a while now have been the consensus top two. So, with Ceedee Lamb, are you excited about him? And is he? Do you actually have him ranked for you over Jerry Judy?
0: I actually do personally. I think. The exciting thing about C.D. Lamb is that we've seen an awful lot of quality skill players come out of that Oklahoma system in recent years. Um, not, not really so much wide receiver yet, but obviously you've had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Mark Andrews. And you look, um, in the last three years, he's got better in terms of production Every year, he's gone from 807 yards, 1155 yards to 1327 last year, and his yards per reception has gone up. Now, yards per reception obviously is one of those stats that, when you look at the leaders at the end of an NFL season, the people with the highest yards per reception generally aren't among the fantasy the fantasy studs. But I just think it's you know it's very impressive to see. That's gone up from 17.5 to 18 to 21.4, with a a, an average of his college grade 19.1. That's fantastic. Obviously, good market share numbers, um, good receiving, uh, good receiving yards numbers, good touchdown numbers. And again, if you look at his sims, and again, I've given him that number ten draft spot. We see some of the same players in the sims. On the box score scout, there's Nelson Aguilar again, but again, we'll move on from that. The <laughs> one interest, the two interesting comps that I've actually seen that are a little bit further down are AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins. Now, obviously, these are you know players that are not exactly renowned for their speed. I don't think. I mean, CD Lamb ran a four-five, which wasn't great. It wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but we don't associate DeAndre Hopkins certainly or AJ Green as being you know. People take the top off the offense, off the defense, sorry, but they have been ridiculously productive, obviously, unless you're Bill O'Brien, in which case he doesn't value production. He, he prefers <laughs> has beens instead. Uh, I think, you know, if, if you're looking at good comps, then there are more good comps to CD Lamb that you can tell yourself as a range of outcomes, this is a player you'd want to take. Whereas Jerry Judy's comps, and as I say, comps are obviously a good tool for comparing yeah. players. We're not saying this is the next. Kendall Wright, because again, that's like you know the Hilson <laughs> the- You don't really want to be tarnished with that brush. But if you can say that this guy is similar to Green, Hawkins, Beckham, and even Jeremy Macklin, vastly underrated, um, fancy performer and you know real life performer as it were, I think that's a, a good story to tell. Uh, and I- if I had a choice um, and say one, of- you could say one of these is going to fall to the Eagles. I think I'd get more excited about C.D. Lamb than I would Jerry Judy.
1: Yeah, and I think actually I've had him ranked above Judy myself, and uh, it's it's just it's kind of a mix of things. Obviously, um, neither of them have have the perfect. Just blow you away uh, physical profile, uh, and they're kind of on the fringe of being questionable in terms of their weight. They're okay; it's fine. That, some people were nitpicking things around the combine, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But yeah, when you when you throw out some comps and you look at, you know, what what they did just from a, an adjusted production uh, index standpoint, and look at their dominator yards per team, pass attempt, touchdowns per team, pass attempt, like their whole from different angles. Uh, when you look at their production profile, CD Lamb is just superior. Uh, you look at like you mentioned. A.J. Green, some other players that had similar adjusted production profiles. You're you're talking about Amari Cooper, Tyler Boyd, like guys that. And if you just look at you know just first round guys, because that's probably what what uh, C.D. Lamb's going to be. He pulls in Braylon Edwards, uh, Santonio Holmes. Well, I already said A.J. Green, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You already mentioned him, but there's a bunch of favorable comps when you look at some some former first round players with the Justin Production profiles that are similar uh, just all around. Uh, just really it, extremely excited to see what C.D. Lamb can do. And a lot of people question because he kind of broke out with that elite percentages uh, to his profile later on. Obviously, immediately, he had to share some targets with uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. And so when you're sharing the, the targets with a first-round NFL draft pick, uh, you're not always going to get... Uh, a ton of uh, target share as a true freshman and so we like to see early early breakout ages and he doesn't have the earliest but he did break out uh, at at a decent age and so uh, i I don't really have many questions cd lamb has one of the most complete profiles in this class so not going to spend much time nitpicking him but before we do jump over to the other alabama wide receiver that a lot of people are are excited about let's uh, just want to share a quick word from our sponsor bet online with currently no nba nhl or mlb you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong about that our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. You missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. And you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. They're all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive receive your new welcome bonus. Again, that's BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So the other wide receiver in Alabama is obviously Henry Ruggs. Uh, there's probably more controversy uh, surrounding him just because of, you know, well, for several reasons. But uh, where do you find yourself ranking Henry Ruggs? Are you confident that re- d- despite his questionable production profile, he's going to have success? Uh, or are you kind of worrisome when it comes to Henry Ruggs?
0: I'm a bit worried personally because he smacks that type of player that is going to be better for a team in quote-unquote real life rather than fantasy and i don't want to typecast him because i think that would be terribly unfair but if you look at his his combined measurables obviously the one thing that jumps out is speed um obviously 4.27 40 yard dash time is ridiculous Hmm. um i pulled a hamstring just reading it and (laughs) you know that's how fast that is you you look at the rest of his comparisons I mean, the box-score scout... I'm having a fabulous time here. The <laughs> box-score scout. If you look at his comparisons, and I've dropped his uh, draft position to 15, because while I think there are some people who think he may be the first wide receiver taken, I'm a little bit more circumspect, so I'm going for a bit more middle of the, gra- the round. There's one constant with all the players that he's similar to, and it's not unsurprising. They're all major- majorly speed players. We've got Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell, Philip Dorsett, John Ross... Marquise Goodwin, there's Nelson Aguilar again, um, and you know Mike Williams from Clemson. That's not a great comp in terms of 40 time, but in terms of production, I think Ruggs is an excellent complementary piece to a team if they have that type of alpha receiver already on on the books that's why I think a lot of people are like mocking him to go to Denver because he wouldn't be expected to be the guy because they've got Cortland Sutton but in terms of what he could do to dictate the coverage in terms of you know taking the top off the air uh, defense with his speed that would be great for Sutton and for Drew Lock and for the running backs in Denver whoever they may be but I don't think it's necessarily great for his own fantasy appeal and obviously you know the, the, you know, again, I hate to hate to keep harking back to the fact that I'm an Eagles fan, but I'll tell yeah. you that nothing is worse than watching an offense with no speed at all on oh, it, yeah. which is what the Eagles have been forced to trot out the last two years. Now, obviously, one, the one game, it seems, the one game they had a player with genuine speed was Deshaun Jackson, and the offense clicked beautifully so i'm not saying this player isn't that type of player is not valuable i'm just saying that i would rather take a chance on someone like lamb or judy or someone else who can offer you something and by means of you know maybe special teams production maybe he can get a few carries in the backfield whereas rugs and i'm gonna say this and i know i'm gonna regret it the second it comes out my mouth rugs has more danger of being a one-trick pony than a few other people in this draft
1: Yeah, yeah, and and obviously there is more to just just deep threat with his game. Obviously, he just destroys people on the the short area, quickness type things. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times you 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 just see him take a a just a quick slant or just a quick quick out route and just turn the corner and obviously work past people because of his speed. But really, he got open because of his route running as well. Uh, But I'm I'm aware. I know a lot of people that love to grind film, and I'm one of those people as well. But the people that are really dug in on rugs just want to say he's more than speed. And I I agree, but I'm not sure that, like you said, he's going to be more of a real NFL value player than a fantasy value NFL player. Because, I mean, when you look at his overall from, from a few different angles, looking at his dominator rating, his yards per team pass attempt, his touchdowns per team pass attempts, and really, uh, his overall just uh, market share numbers. There's not many positives that you can pull from his profile. He truly was the third wide receiver on his own team. Uh, and really, when you look at his production from all of, of those angles, you get names like Tavon Austin. You get names like Darius Hayward Bay. You know, and, and maybe you get a positive outcome and get like a Jeremy Macklin, something like that, uh, in terms of uh, his his production profile. And obviously. He's, he's faster than than uh, than Macklin. He's faster than a lot of most NFL wide receivers that, that entered the league. But I, I could definitely see an outcome like like a Darius Hayward Bay uh, for him. Just like he stuck, sticks around on an NFL roster for a long time, provides some value here and there, but isn't necessarily a, a great fantasy football asset. And, and that doesn't really say I'm knocking him as a football player. I'm just not going to draft him super high uh, when it comes to My rookie drafts that's just not where I'm going to be investing Uh, and that's not to say he's bad at football again but uh, I just want to see him in an opportunity the only thing that could change my mind is if he was in in an opportunity where he's clear clearly in line with a strong quarterback to take a giant chunk of market share in year one or two that's a lot to kind of bank on but moving on because we got to get to a couple of other guys here Justin Jefferson has one of the most complete uh, profiles uh, as well I mean he and CD lamb have have one of the most strongest one of the strongest analytical uh, profiles that you can really have for a wide receiver uh, and, and especially in this class he, he's looking pretty good uh, so for me I, I'm really high on Justin Jefferson he's the top five wide receiver in this class for me are you that high when it comes to Justin Jefferson of LSU
0: I am, I mean, again, I'm not a film grinder by any stretch of the imagination. I can sit and watch the game and then someone can ask me what happened and I will tell you um, I don't know how to check the score. Um, but the <laughs> film community that I trust, there's some worry that maybe he's seen as he's going to do the bulk of his work in the NFL as a slot receiver. So, again, you're talking from dynasty point of view, you know, you're going to have these players for you know, the majority of their careers when you pick them. Do you want to be spending a high pick on a slot receiver now 10 years ago that would have been a rather you know backdated view because you know teams don't run through the slot receiver yeah but they do more and more nowadays so i don't think it's a terribly bad thing to have his athletic profile obviously you know is 83rd percentile 40 yard dash time 75th percentile vertical jump at 81st percentile broad jump see i can say percentile but i can't say box score scout i don't know what what's going on here um obviously his figures his numbers look good again we go to the box score scout there we go dropped his you know range of outcomes to draft pick 20 and again there's some very very encouraging comps um robert woods who wasn't great for the bills but has emerged somewhat in you know his second iteration as an nfl wide receiver brandon cooks who was good for a short period of time but people keep 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 paying him money because of that. Then you've got other people who, again, have chipped in. You know, they've shown flashes. Jeremy Macklin, Christian Kirk, and then again, there we have a close comparison to DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson is going to be the next DeAndre Hopkins, but it's an encouraging comparison to see. There's a slight danger that most of his, you know, most of his college production did come last year when they were running an historic offense. Well, that's not his fault that he just happened to be there, you know, playing at the time when everything went right for them. He still had to catch the ball and get the yards and score the touchdowns when the ball came to him, and he did. So I think Justin Jefferson, he's one of those players that I I think if this had been another year, I think he'd probably be up there as maybe the, like, number one wide receiver in this group. I think in that that regard, he's, I'm not going to say hampered, but he's being shielded from that by your you know, by your duties, your Lambs, your rugs, to an extent. I mean, again, he's a player that has been linked ex- extensively with teams like the Eagles and the Packers, and straight away you could see him coming in and having a role on those teams, which would be good in for Dynasty because you're not going to have to park this fella on the taxi squad for a year. He's going to come in <laughs> and he's going to command meaningful snaps from day one
1: absolutely and that's and that's what you got to get excited about and when you look at his profile again from a few different angles with his yards per team pass attempt dominator uh you know touchdowns per team pass attempt and a few other market share metrics and things he actually kind of looks similar to AJ Brown uh from just a year ago he's almost at the exact same percentile in terms of how he scores in that way uh when you kind of weight things all together and a lot of people were you know concerned that A.J. Brown was more of a slot receiver as well because, frankly, he was he was uh, mostly a slot receiver except for the times when D.K. Met- Metcalf went down and then he would shift outside and was incredibly effective from the outside even more so. Uh, as well, and I I see that with Justin Jefferson as well. He's mainly a slot receiver, mainly had a bunch of free releases in college, and that's that really can't argue there. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience uh, against press, uh, but uh, in, as far as his analytical profile, he almost has no questions uh, at all there. He's been the guy for a couple of years at LSU until obviously Jamar Chase hadn't had a blow up season this year. But he was even with Jamar Chase, who, who figures to be next year's wide receiver one and Terrace Marshall, who f- figures to be a top 10 wide receiver next year around him. He was still able to put up decent market share numbers, had over 30 percent dominator this past year. And so answered a lot, a lot of questions, being surrounded by NFL talent and still, still showing that he can be uh, the best wide receiver, if not the second best wide receiver with NFL talent around him. That that proves to me that I have less questions about a player like him so even if he is like just a slot wide receiver i feel like the worst case scenario for him is like a like a sterling shepherd you know like in in which case he still gives us some value but best case i mean the, the sky's the limit for somebody like justin jefferson in today's nfl which is running non-stop 11 personnel three wide receivers on the field almost all day long so i don't really worry when it comes to jefferson uh, that much at all but moving on to the final wide receiver of this episode this is the fifth wide receiver according to the rookie scouting index uh t higgins from clemson i feel like it couldn't even be an nfl draft podcast if we didn't mention clemson just because uh they 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 seem to give us a lot of nfl talent at the wide receiver position uh we could probably just just name those for the next 15 minutes and that would wrap up the podcast but t higgins looks like he's legit obviously didn't uh do everything at the nfl combine but where are you when it comes to T. Higgins and projecting his NFL success?
0: See, we come to the first player where the impact of the global pandemic, which, you know, has, you know if you haven't picked up a paper in a day or two, has somewhat affected the world of, <laughs> of, of late. Yeah. He's the first one uh, among these prospects <clears throat> who the lack of workouts, the lack of pro days, the lack of visits seems to be hurting because, as you say, he didn't do everything at uh, the combine. And I just wonder whether... T. Higgins is going to emerge as a cautionary tale moving forward about players who decide they're not going to do it at the combine. They'll wait for their pro day, because now we've seen that that pro day may not happen. So scouts maybe are going to encourage players, no, you're going to have to do it. Yeah, you know, and it,
1: even if it does happen, uh, it's like, it does yeah. it really have as much weight as the combine? So
0: Exactly. Mm. Uh, I'd say, I mean, production-wise he's not you know he, 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 he plays for Clemson you know it's a powerhouse he's going you know he's going to put up good numbers you would hope i mean he's but they're not not been tremendous i mean he's never had more than 59 receptions in a season did go up you know 17 59 59 receiving yards 300 936 1167 and scored 25 touchdowns the last two seasons but he's one of those that I don't think anyone is going to? I don't think anyone's going to draft T. Higgins in the first round. And then if you see his draft pick, you know his draft pick start to fall on the box score scouts, Then I just wonder that worry that at the moment, with the lack of a complete athletic profile, that we're not going to see too many, you know, too many. We're not going to be able to tell ourselves too many fairy tales about players like T. Higgins.
1: No, but I, it's it's true. It's it's not like at Clemson. You, you don't. You kind of automatically assume. Oh well he's he's that big l- lanky long-armed guy that is really incredible at ball tracking like obviously, oh the the easy comp if you're scouting the helmet is somebody like deandre hopkins you know it's like it's or mm. we want to say that he's like even like sammy watkins you know we, we just uh, automatically just kind of associate those guys with those guys but that's not necessarily what he is like he didn't have no. the same level of uh, production and adjusted production profile did he
0: I mean, you know, it's he it seems a decent size, you know, for the modern NFL receiver. Six four, two hundred and sixteen, decent arm length, hand size is pretty much where you want it to be. But if you look at his, you know, his closest comps, now, I mean, his closest comp, if you're going to look for, you know, as I said, there's not going to be many, you know, fairy tales about this. His closest comp is Michael Thomas, who Which, you know, people, you know, the jokes coming out of his draft, you know, uh, <laughs> that it, would be incredible. The, but you know, looking at this you know it's it's you know he was claimed to be as he came out the draft into the draft the bad Michael Thomas well that, that didn't work out too badly but if you look at the next three closest compar- comparisons they are laquan Treadwell Rashard Perriman and Cody Latimer. So I'm not thinking any NFL team basically, you know, is going to be thinking, I need to spend a first-round draft pick to get the next Cody Latimer. I don't think they're going to do that, and I don't think dynasty players are going to be thinking, I need to ignore the running backs in this class, and I need to take T. Higgins ridiculously early.
1: No, I don't think so at all. And really, Michael Thomas did come in like uh, if you kind of weight market share numbers, uh, a dominator, yards for team pass attempt, all those things together. He was like a 60th, 62nd percentile type of player, kind of again in the same range as like a Justin Jefferson or A.J. Brown. And you typically want to within this metric when you met when you weight it with draft capital, you want to uh, the adjusted production index. That is you want to see a player that hits the 60th percentile or better uh, to really to project a, a solid. Um, NFL career and so Michael Thomas is there because when you look at his angle his, his production profile from every single angle essentially uh, it still meets the minimum thresholds even though his raw production like he never had like an 800 yard season in college uh, even though his raw production didn't look great his adjusted numbers in terms of the scale of his offense were still fine uh, T Higgins really just never quite hit the thresholds we like to see here at Roto-Biz obviously you know hitting the final season or I think it was a uh, 29 percent adjusted dominator is fine but it's not like it's blowing out of the water like crazy Uh, and we typically like to see 30 percent now that's not going to disqualify him at all but i think that there are just maybe maybe a couple questions that a lot of people who've been touting t higgins since he was a freshman in college uh, you know maybe they're not willing to ask the questions that they need to with him but I think if he gets the capital, there's still a lot of positive outcomes in place for him. But I think within Superflex leagues, you're probably not going to be reaching for him, even inside maybe the late first. Uh, I mean, I think he's somebody that could fall now into the early second in Superflex leagues. And in one QB, he's probably still back in first uh, for me. Is that around the same level you'd find him?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's As you say, I think that people are still going to say, well, he's a Clemson wide receiver. And I think that's (laughs) going to explain away an awful lot. Oh yeah. If it was, you know, if it was someone from I, I don't know, you know, um you know, William and Mary, you know, apologies to them. If it was <laughs> someone from them, then I, I think, you know, he's not getting drafted. And I certainly right. we're certainly not wasting any time talking about one of a fantasy show, but he's a Clemson wide receiver. You know, he's he's put up some numbers. He's going to be he's gonna enter into the discussion when people are, you know, around, you know, late in their first rounds of their rookie drafts. And, you know, he's probably going to be discussed late in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah. And, you know, that that pour on the helmet certainly does help these players.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think it will with him. I think he's going to get the draft capital. But that's all the time we have for the uh, top five again. Just running through it. It was Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson and T Higgins again these aren't our ranks collectively here at RotoViz, but it, that's just probably it's probably where they're probably going to be drafted as, as much as we know we are pulling from uh, several different resources that, that project where players are going to be selected so we just wanted to tackle these first five wide receivers we'll be talking about the next five and a few more wide receivers as well Uh, to dive into on uh, the next episode in the Rotoviz draft series here soon. But until next time, I'm Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And uh, thank you, Neil, again, for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at N Dutton. That's N-D-U-T-T-O-N 13 on Twitter. Uh, But until next time, keep living that dynasty life. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Draft Series. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at Rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a ten percent discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.